Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and those who fall into neither category, and welcome to Star Trek Reliant, an STO-based Star Trek Adventures podcast game thing. I am your host this evening, Gerald Blackwell, and I will be the DM for tonight, as hopefully we start the adventure that I breadcrumbed last session. Joining me tonight are our chief engineer, Rick Tier. Uh, please be aware that uh, maintenance is undergoing. Please don't be alarmed if things just happen to spark out from you at the nearest console. Remember, Starfleet has not yet invented fuses. Also joining us are our Chief Medical Officer and First Officer, Eli O'Connor. I have nothing clever to say this week, except for you, viewer. I love you. Indeed we do. However, I do question how they're viewing this, considering it's an audio podcast. Oh, I put on the cameras. <laughs> Also with us this week is our captain, as well as science officer Seth Sejigoro, and John T. Tardigrade, Marcus Graves. I want more of a spicy drink. Yeah, more of a spicy drink. I want spicy drink. Do, 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 do. Spicy drink, drink, drink. This week, playing a bevy of characters, we have Grumpy Old Nord as Grimnir the bartender and security officer, Mary Shepard the security officer, and Chaplain Victor Waitley, our resident evil mastermind. Wait, I mean chaplain and counselor. I was gonna say, he's nobody's supposed to know he's evil. Literally the worst kept secret in Starfleet. Uh, also we have our man out of time, and his famous spacesuit, Daniel Wells. I came into the last episode with a burn on my hand left to go make pizza, and in this episode I'm going to enter again with a burn on my hand. Some things just happen over and over again. As some people have said, history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme. And finally with us tonight, our security officer and general whack-things-to-make-them-work guy, Chorog. Yeah, what can I say? If it works, it works. Absolutely. And as we left our group last week, they had just warped into the Attigan system, along with a Datapa-class uh, ship and a uh, Decora Marauder. At least that's what they have so far. Who knows who else is coming? We know that there's an IOD fleet on the next system over in Pyloth. The group has scanned the planet and found that it is a jungle world with a slightly tainted atmosphere and exactly one structure they seem to be able to locate on it which has a weak power signature. And then on the bridge there's an incoming hail. Kara looks around, uh, should I, should I get that? Who's gonna get that? Answer the hail, please. Kara puts it up on screen. On screen comes up the bridge of a Starfleet ship. Uh, very new, very classy. And that is followed by another ship warping into system. And as you all look at the man on the screen, you know immediately what the registration of the ship is. NCC-2000-D. It's the USS Excelsior. It's Admiral Quinn. Quinn sits on the bridge in a Hawaiian shirt with a hat and sunglasses on and looks annoyed. <laughs> he looks out at Marcus Graves. So, I heard you've been uh, pushing the panic button a bit, Captain. A bit. I trust you have a good reason for doing so? Yeah, so, um, the planet below us we believe to be an ick then um outpost of some kind uh could just be one old lady could be a larger sex um but they were trying to hijack the light with command codes so 
Yeah, and then at a remote distance, that's kind of a threat for the entire fleet, and I generally take a dim look at things that could potentially, say, hijack every ship in the fleet and cause problems. If indeed what they're happened? capable of doing that. They, they tried. They tried to attack the Reliant. That much I admit. We'll see what else they are responsible for, but I would hope that you have an excellent reason for pulling me from my vacation on Ryza. I wasn't aware you were on vacation on Ryza. Yes, well, I'm not anymore. And the communication is cut. <laughs> Graves is slightly suspicious. He's like, okay, is this actually Quinn, or is this the holographic Admiral Quinn that Quinn has sometimes stand in from him for meetings, which he knows from Cap or Captain Ross? Admiral Ross at this point. At this point, several other Starfleet ships are warping into the system. Probably not the hologram. Who who called this? I only called I only called Brian the Taco. I, and, I, you know, not counting the Cardassians the, or the Ferengi. I called the IOD. Okay. And, I mean, I'm not an alert with, like, Starfleet, but I wasn't quite aware that, like, we get this many ships yet. Like, like, like I know you talked to them. versus on standby. I know you talked to them about the command code thing, but I'm just... Sorry. Like, I'm alive. Yeah. Okay, so I'm slightly worried that this escalated somehow. We are really going to go find a little old lady in a hut somewhere down there. That's just good with the communication system. So, um, yeah, this is a day. Yeah. Yeah, he sounded kind of pissed, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I think we're going to be spending a little bit more time out on exploration after this. So what now? Well, I'm going to rely on the fact that the Reliant has served the Federation admirably on several occasions before and pulled commands, but we only have one option. Times. We have to fake a warp core breach. <laughs> Not what I meant. I meant what are we going to do about the planet and everything else? Attigan. Oh, yeah, like, you know, scan, see what's down there, and then send a away mission. Okay, well, we've scanned. What's down there is a slightly tainted atmosphere. You'll need breathing masks, at least while you're outside. And there seems to be one overgrown facility with a weak power signature. Yeah, so we're going to check that out. Right, so who's going then? Setzer raises a hand. No, not you. Doc, doctor's or No. Uh, I, I, I have an environmental system. Say again? I, I, can breathe, like, I can breathe poisonous atmospheres. I am aware, stuff, but you're so, uh... also the most at risk. I was about to say, I'm just going to go ahead and shut you down. DM override. Sets is going one way or another. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, Graves says, like, yeah, I I think we do need to send Setsa. Because Okay, so basically if this isn't an effort to hijack Reliant or create a new godlike entity, then maybe Sets is gonna be helpful to someone. Like in a not terrible way. And then we could explain that. And then not get in big trouble with command. Yes. Why don't we send uh, Waitley? You keep calling this thing a cult. Why are we relating Waitley to cults? What? Uh, he's a religious uh, guy. Oh, uh, and I'm not sure if that's derogatory or. Well, and a and a trained counselor too. So, and someone who's very good with mental powers and overriding attempts to, you know, control of things. So, yeah, I I, I think we need to send Waitley as well, and so John far, just in case. So far, the away team stands at John Waitley and Setsa. Uh, let's see. You go um, with them, Captain? Medical... Nah, I... <sighs> then I I'll stay up you. here, take... And coordinate with the fleet, so... I'll lead our away team. Yeah. 
I mean, again, cybernetics specialist, medical officer, I think he'd be more useful down there. Fair point. Um, I think the Takao is probably going to send my sister and her goons. Well, hopefully they don't get, you know, too enthusiastic about combat down there. You, you've met my sister. Yeah, uh, like, that's why I said hopefully. But we'll see. So, um, yeah, let's also, uh, again, overgrown facility, let's go ahead and send... Oh, Chorog, Daniel, and Rick as well, um, just to be the technical support staff. At this point, the turbo lift door is open and Apathy pokes his head out. Am I interrupting? Um, not really. really. I, I, I think we're set. What's up? So, does anyone mind if I go with you? How good is your hearing? What'd you say? <laughs> All right, you can go. Are we gonna send the? Are we gonna send our Romulan friend with us? Could be fun. I'm, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't get him back if we did send him down. Okay, that's yeah, no, that that is fair. Um, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I think the uh, the the Ferengi I hired is probably gonna go down one way or another. So we're basically just gonna be, you know, mostly occupying the facility. I, I guess, I mean. yeah. I mean, we could establish it as a new base, justify the expense, you know, give something to the IOD to make sure they don't leave you unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, team build. Uh, I don't want to call it a team building exercise, but yeah, let's try to make the best of this as possible, because yeah, we may have overreacted a bit. Nah, nah. It's everyone okay. else that overreacted. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Alright. Well, the group assembles themselves and heads down to the transporter room. Does anyone have anything they want to do or grab before they leave the ship? I'm getting my fun rifle. Uh, Rick will be getting some patent enhancers just in case. Okie dokie. Oh, probably a medical kit too, but yeah. Daniel walks in. Okay, so uh, I was good for it. Daniel walks into the transporter room carrying just a big stash of to-go pizza boxes. Uh, and his alien, uh, scanner. Charles getting guns. Lots of guns. Setsa is, has grabbed a hard hat with a flashlight on it, a bag of camping supplies, and a small chainsaw. Righto. Uh, Waitley, you want to bring a grimoire? A what now? <laughs> a grimoire. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be Waitley's response now. A what now? Uh, uh... <laughs> Waitley brings his usual, you know, uh, Type 1 phaser, uh, personal shield generator, uh, small med kit, his personal uh, tricorder uh, modification, and uh, yeah, he doesn't really say much. Alright, everybody not wearing an environment suit or having cybernetics is going to have to get a small breath mask to help filter out the taint in the atmosphere, but after that, the blue curtain falls and everyone is beamed down to a sunny but humid jungle where, you know, slightly ahead of the party, it looks like there's basically a kind of a hangar doorway opening, rusted and, you know, rotten and overgrown. It looks like half of it has pretty much been pulled to the side as if the door was opened, but the other half is stubbornly in place. It clearly shows signs of decay. Uh, I'm going to... Rick is going to just check it out to see how movable and how... Um... If it's easy to to use. Well, you go up and you push on the bit of the door that remains in place, and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. It looks like it's been rusted in place. 
It looks like at some point something opened the door, or at least tried to open the door, and got half of it before the system shut down. Yeah, let me see if I can budge that door. Okay, I would like to point out here, you do realize that half the door is open. Yes. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make me a strength uh, and uh, engineering roll. Uh, would it be fitness? Fitness engineering. Yeah, fitness engineering. Sorry. Fitness engineering. While this is being rolled, I just want to clarify, Daniel left most of the pizza boxes in the transporter room uh, to be distributed among the crew by the person in, for, in charge of transporting these things and people. See, Daniel is the smart one. He brought the peace offering for diplomacy. I don't negotiate with terrorists. And you put your your back into it and you push really hard and you manage not to hurt yourself. This door is 14 feet tall, about 2 feet thick, and made of duranium. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, this door's not going anywhere. Oh boy. I mean, we kind of figured... Well, I wanted to give it a try, damn it. I mean, it's not the fair. You don't get a prize. We could make this a fair, though. We'll talk to Checkers about it. Uh, the issue is just making it um, as usable as possible. We may need the extra space if we were to rush out, of course. That is, uh, assuming we need a, this sort of... Um, Surrounded by Starfleet vessels. So, uh, well, if anybody wants to take a scan, we'll go ahead and take that as, uh, let's say, science and uh, con. I did scan the facility? Scan Just a scan in general. Uh, you know what? Yeah, the let's, area. let's let Daniel do it, and if he fails, I will use my tricorder. Okay, okay. So what was it? Uh, science con. You know, Comp? Like two disciplines, right? Oh, my bad. Control. Control science. Yeah, that... or con Control science, yeah, I think that's it. So I'm not cheat right now, so I'm trying to remember this. I finally get to roll something with my two... with my only maxed stats. Now watch I roll it. I believe in you. Preliminary scans come back. Uh, there's nothing interfering with transporters. You could probably transport in and out of this area as much as you like. Uh, there is a... you know... It looks like the lower, or the first floor that you're currently at, at least the opening area, has been open to the tainted atmosphere. The door that is half open is wide enough for probably three people standing in line, you know, shoulder to shoulder to go through. And right now it just seems like the, all there is is just a weak power signature in the facility. Looking through the doorway, the lights aren't on, nothing seems to be on. Better let me go in there and secure the area before we all head in. So, Chorok's going through the door. Everyone got your uh, remote torches? Remote what? The, the little, like, floaty torch thingies. He means flashlights. Uh, the flashlights. Daniel turns Ooh. on the, the built-in flashlights for his helmet and just walks in holding a couple pizza boxes behind Chorog. Oh, Sansa, turns on, Sansa turns on her helmet light and is very, very thrilled with it. Eli turns on his phaser rifle-mounted flashlight. Chorog activates his gauntlet flashlights. Once you get inside, it looks like basically what you would consider an administrative, you know, lobby and welcome area. It looks like there's something that would have passed for an information desk and several seats that have kind of decayed into moldering ruins. It looks like at one point there was even a few potted plants, which have long since given up the ghost. Behind that, it looks like there is an elevator that goes further down in the facility. Presumably, there's also another door behind which stairs can be found. 
Why do you want to take a chance with the stairs, or do you want to see if we can get power up their turbo lifts? I'm not going to trust these turbo lifts, um, stairs. Hasn't anyone ever taught you not to use an elevator in a, in a disaster scenario? I mean, it's technically not an elevator, but good, yeah. You've seen Willy Wonka, right? Yeah. Think of it like, think of it like the Wonkavator. It can go sideways, slantways, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to go ahead and mention here, Waitley, you don't detect anything in this entire facility. There are no mines here, other than the ones that have come with you. He, uh, he kind of tilts his head to the side and, and says, fascinating. What's fascinating? There appears to be no intelligent life here. No organic intelligent life. Does that include us? Waitley smiles, but doesn't say anything. Bob turns to Kara. What's a Willy Wonka? I think he means Setsa, because Kara's not here. (laughs) So the group moves over to the door that looks like it goes to to the uh, stairway. Uh, Power's out, so you'll have to use a manual release, which means an engineer is going to have to try this. Yep, uh, Rick will get to uh, okay, control. Let's, let's go uh, go with inside engineering, because you don't know where the thing is yet. You've never worked on this technology. Okay. Yay. I forgot, how does helping people on rolls work? In- uh, you would basically do the same roll as them, but you would roll one single die. Although in this case, it it doesn't look like it was necessary. Yeah, actually, so... Rick's got two successes, so after a moment he goes over, pops open a panel, and sees a lever that says explosive, you know, bolts. He warns everybody to cover their ears for a moment, and pulls the lever. With a loud bang, the door flies open. If there are no living things here, then we are being pointed to a computer, bank, or whatever. Um, This weak power source is powering is... Clearly what we're here for. So, so, did, did, did we come all this way just to pick something up? I don't know. Uh, what about robotics? Like, could there be an android here? I mean, I did kind of suggest that when I said, oh, maybe it's not yeah. organic life. Well, I mean, yeah. whatever it yeah, is, sure. the if it is an android, which we don't, we can't say for certain until, until we get a proper um, look at it. That uh, it's where the Are power there... source is. Also, is big um, facility. What if there is shielding? Out of curiosity, we... yeah. Okay, so question for DM. Yeah. Are there any markings around the place? Uh, various bits of writing in uh, uh, Ibby or Iffen. It's basically just you know, this says stairs, that says elevator, information desk. You know, welcome to Ikvin facility. You know, four hundred thirteen. Yeah, but so you like, but there's no, like no banners or symbology to like mark out like anything. Like, uh, not really. Wise. It okay. looks like this facility was pretty much all business. All the writing you can tell is pretty much just about the facility itself, and you know seems to have been used in the daily running of it. Okay. And the group goes down the stairs, and on the next level finds another blocked door. However, this time. Rick can just open it easily because he knows where the where the handle is, having already done it on a previous door. Shall I assume the group proceeds past the doorway? Let me go through that door first, secure the room. Right. That's a hazard chainsaw at the ready, just in case she needs to cut through any overgrown vines. 
At this point, you're one level below the ground, and it looks like there's no further jungle creeping in here. The door opens this time, but the manual override seems to run on hydraulics rather than explosive bolts. So this time the door opens, and it looks like you're on an administrative level. As Trog moves in, he basically goes through a winding series of hallways with offices around him. Uh, sometimes the offices are large and contain multiple consoles. Sometimes the offices are small and contain only one console in what looked to be perhaps a luxurious meeting room at some point. Uh, the nameplates on all the offices appear to have been removed or faded with time to obscurity. Uh, Y'all have gone through it. Got the floor cleared. Entering Rick will try and see if he can uh, identify any, like, power conduits and see if there's any, like, trace that he could find where they they go to. Uh, sure, you should be able to open up one of the walls easily and just find a power conduit. Tracing where it goes, now that's going to be a little more difficult. Give me a reason engineering roll. Daniel has decided to start looking out for disturbed dust to see if anything's actually been, you know moving. I'm going to go ahead and give you that one, because honestly, that would be easy. So I'll go ahead and tell you right now that while the area is dusty, there's no footprints or anything else around. Uh, this should have, uh, this would count as the three successes, because I've got uh, APS power systems as a focus. Okay. Uh, as you look at it, you get a very interesting sense for how this facility is constructed. It looks like rather than being constructed, as you might expect, with the elevator going down from one floor to the next to the next, or the stairs doing so, as well as the power systems, everything seems to travel in kind of a looping line from the first floor to the second to the third to the fourth to the fifth. You have to go through each floor in sequence to get down to it. It's probably some sort of security measure when the facility was created. Everything seems to be flying from one floor to the next. There is As no, for the power, it's on the fourth floor. There is no um, singular staircase that connects everything. You've, it's literally the small staircases between each level. And, nice. Um, seems the power source is fourth level. John looks over at uh, Eli. You see what? I just saying I see, and I was considering, is cutting through the floor an option? I mean, I don't think we um, brought the the kind of um, phaser power that we'd need to do that. And Marcus is muted, so if he's trying to say things, well, what about some? What about surface hatchways? Are, we, are there any? Are there any that we can crawl through? I mean, it's it, it's all security focused. One through, you'd have to go through one to get to the next to ensure that the people that are attempting to go to the fourth level can access the third level and have the scrutiny of the people in between. So has everyone now exited the stairway and entered the floor? Yes. As Setsa goes in, the door snaps shut behind you and the lights start coming on across the floor. And a voice from the PA rings out overhead. Ah, if it isn't the prodigal child, finally to return home. Uh, no. Setsa rubs her chainsaw. Trog draws a pistol and his rifle, nervously looking around. Where's that coming from? Where are you? Show yourself. I would if I could. I'm on the fourth floor. You see, there's a slight problem with me showing myself. I'm trapped. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, looks like we gotta come to you. That would be appreciated. 
Right now, you're on the first floor, the administration level. To reach me, you'll have to go through the dormitories, the factory, and finally to the fourth floor, cybernetics research. I wouldn't bother with the fifth floor if I were you. I feel like bothering with the fifth floor now. Okay, you know what? You just... I like a challenge. Fifth floor it is. You know what? So long as you let me out, I don't care what else you do. Oh, you don't. That's good. Chorug, blow the door. I want to be able to get back up in here. One demo charge coming right up. Now, now, that won't be necessary. We don't get enough maintenance around here as it is. And the door behind you opens to the stairway. Oh, that's nice. You know, you're a real killjoy, you know that. Yes, well, I need your help. So, it's in my best interest not to be at cross-purposes with you. Well, we better haul, we better haul butt to the fourth floor, then. It would be much appreciated. So, since you obviously can control some of this space, how far can you get us? Just opening doors and such. I can get you to exactly where I am. Is that enough? But you can't get yourself out? I have been trapped in a manner in the control room. It does not open from this side. Let's talk more walk. Let's get going. I think I have an idea what might be wrong, but I'm going to keep my tongue shut until we get there. Indeed. Tetsu is in pure sus mode. The group continues through the administration floor. Across the other side, they find an elevator and the stairway. After a moment, the voice rings out. Give me a moment and I can get the elevator for you. There's a ding and the turbo lift opens. This this will still only go down to the next floor. For security reasons, the entire facility is built in a serpentine fashion. Yeah, like a coil. Ah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I think I'm just going to take the stairs. As you wish. Are there there any safe rogue security measures that we have to worry about? No, everything is offline save what I control. You know what? I'm going to take the stairs with O'Connor. I'm taking the elevator. Daniel also follows to go down the stairs, nudging Eli on the way, saying, See, I'm not the only one who calls them elevators. I don't trust these ancient things. Uh, let's see. Waitley, can I get an in-science, or an insight medical check from Chaplain Waitley? Insight medical. One moment, I forgot to pull up my character sheet, because I'm an idiot. You're fine. (laughs) Uh, I really should just bookmark my character sheet. I have the drive bookmarked, but I don't have my character sheet bookmarked. Oh, wrong. Uh, I should remove that. Where is Wheatley? There he is. You said insight and... Medical. Medical. So, 15. Let's see if I can remember how to do a roll. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah. One success, one complication. Interesting. Okay. You have gained two things from listening to this voice. Although you can't feel the mind behind it, you are trained to determine exactly how people say things and what they might mean. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Was this a uh, a, uh, psychology thing? Because my focus would apply then. Yeah, but with 15, you'd still have to wouldn't matter. <laughs> okay. But you have managed to suss out two things from what you've been told so far. One, this person definitely isn't lying. The reason they're helping you is because they want to get out of here. That's not a lie. Okay. And two, 
They seem fond of Setsa for some reason. Waitley raises an eyebrow and says very quietly to himself, Fascinating. He's doing it again. I can hear, yeah. Okay, you know what? Every time he says that, something weird happens. The group, whether they take the elevator or the stairs, makes it down to the next level. This level, like the one above it, is rather spartan and contains mostly a long hallway lined with rooms. This time, the lights are on, thanks to your mysterious benefactor, and these rooms all appear to be dormitories. Uh, There's various beds and various mounts of decaying material. There's what looks to be a a mess hall. Looks like some offline replicators across the far wall. Seems as though. Hey guys, can we hold on? Go ahead. Can we hold on? I want to loot this place. Uh, what? What are you doing? This place? Uh, Yeah, like, I mean, there's stuff here, so, I mean, I'm gonna help myself to some stuff. Do we have time for this? No. I mean, I'd love to loot this place. Okay, okay, okay. We can loot on the way out. How about that? And by we, I mean you. I don't much care for this place. I'm just glad they don't have uh, hallway bunk beds. That sucks. (laughs) There are no hallway bunk beds. It's not quite that bad. This place is too quiet for my liking. As Chorog says that, all of a sudden, Ibby pop music starts playing. I was just about to ask for elevator music. A voice overhead. Better than? Chorog covers his ears. No, turn this, uh, turn this off. Turn it up, turn it up. The music gets Setsa, turned Setsa's, uh, is like mid, like little dance as she's sort of walking around looking for casual things to take and just goes, Aww. as the music's turned off. As Setsa looks around, it does look like this facility was probably abandoned in an orderly fashion. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot left. And what little is left has mostly fallen to decay and wear over the years. Uh, uh, Rick T sends a little, like, short encrypted message through his, um, through his pad to Churog. Uh, what are your thoughts on our quote-unquote benefactor? Um, uh, my form... Uh, in shielded area or um, artificially uh, or um, digital intelligence. Chalk hears the beep on his wrist device, looks at it, decodes the message, and sends a coded reply. I don't trust this. It's feel, this just feels like artificial intelligence. I, I don't like this. Chalk just, just uh, sorry, uh, Rick just sort of does a slight nod in response. Um, not really replying, but sort of moving forward with everyone, keeping an idea of of everything as they go, um, and just the general layout. The group makes it to the other end of the hall. It gets to another turbo lift and stairs. The turbo lift arrives and dings. The stairs are open as well for those who are not trusting of the technology. The voice overhead rings out. For what it's worth, my name is Kieran, by the way. I don't have a last name. But I suppose if I did, it would be Jagoro. Oh. What? If you want to know more, keep going. That may seem cruel of me, but answers are the only currency I have. Nothing is stopping you from leaving any time you want. Setsa, at this point, really tries to gauge the age of the voice. Okay, uh, give me, let's say, insight science. Chog briefly turns to... Richard just raises an eyebrow and turns back. 
and while we wait for Duncan, um, I have a question. Shoot. What was the facility number again? Uh, 413. 413, alright. Um, <laughs> can I have Eli, like, make a query with the IOD in orbit? Uh, the IOD is not in orbit. The, oh, the system they, over. oh, okay, I thought they were already here. Okay, we already got some people here, though. Well, when they get here, we could ask. Assuming they know anything. I mean, they probably uh, see Mad Gel bot. Okay, so the Mad... Uh, yeah. You can just yeah, do 2D20 somewhere. A lot. I was about to say, you can do 2D20 somewhere else. I'll trust you. Okay, I'm doing a separate dice roller, but yeah, we've been having a lot of problems with Mad Gel bot. Double check his pizza. So. Alright. So, bing! Let's do the roll. So... Uh, two successes. Uh, you can place the voice as being a cultured male Ibby voice somewhere between the late teens and early 20s. Uh, it's basically, you get the feeling that whoever has this voice is just a little bit arrogant and full of themselves, but also trying to play nice. Uh, Setsa is, yeah, she is, like, completely, like, okay, like, just to complete, like, what, like, what is the possible relationship here? And she starts considering if, like, Vela Jagoro has had a son. Because she's a bit older in this uh, timeline. So, and then sort of the, and we're trying to work out, too, just inheriting a name straight. Versus combining it between two parents and what are the implications behind that. And the fact that the individual didn't have a name in the first, like, last name in the first place. is like, oh, no. <laughs> she's just, like, seeing the, like potential politics play out across the possibilities. Oh, this I do believe is, I'm getting the reaction a, I wanted to go for, which was WTF, mate. Yes. Shetza is having the reaction. Like, it, it, so she just sort of walks straight into, like, she just kind of, like, with a blank face, just kind of walks into the turbo lift. Doesn't even wait for anyone else. She just, like, immediately goes up. Well, down in this case. Or down. Uh, I'm going to assume everyone moves down to the next floor. The split second that the doors open on the turbo lift, for a moment, Setsa thinks she sees the old woman again staring at her. But as soon as she blinks, it's gone. She revs the chainsaw. This floor is entirely open, and you can see from one end to the other. Across the floor is a variety of equipment. It looks like for assembling all sorts of things, mostly mechanical bodies. Along one row of the wall are ranks of what probably must be security drones, all just standing silent, holding weapons. Across another wall, there appear to be almost entirely humanoid bodies, what look to be almost like Ibby, but not quite. And there Sets are various up. other things. There's small cleaner bots. There's, other th there's robots designed for construction. The entire facility, though, looks like it was designed for building robots of various sorts. Okay, this is where we loot. Um, loot? I was more thinking booby trap in case these things come to life. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, one of those cyborg bodies. I want one of those, like, I don't know when it's Carr's birthday soon, but I want to get one of those cyborg bodies. There's, there's Can the we voice, one of those up? The voice comes from overhead again and says, If you really want to take them with you, I won't stop you. You can beam out everything if you want, especially if you don't trust me. Um, let's maybe not beam out everything in case it's a trap for Reliant, but a few things. Let's get a few things. My, we are paranoid, aren't we, sister? Ah, uh, you said the word. Called it. I don't like that. 
I don't like this. Uh, she, she, she sets a just starts tagging a few bits of equipment, and like on one of the tags, leaves a note on one of the Ibby's like cybernetic bodies of like, "This is for Kara." We're not putting Kara in a cybernetic body. The various things start to get beamed out. You know, nothing happens. Nothing comes online. The uh, there are it looks like some science offices across this level. It looks like there's a few bits of technology being. You know, variously examined in some of them. Doesn't look like anything too terribly interesting. Mostly older bits of tech. Takan. Some sort of strange spherical panel console thing. Uh, mm. uh, I, I, I'm, going over, I'm going over to look at it. This uh, is my job. Eli, I'd like, I'd like permission to stay behind and uh, go through these labs and see exactly what this stuff is. We're going to need you. We can loot on the way out. I'm not talking about looting. I'm thinking something else. Okay, so uh, Eli is going over to look at the spherical console. Yes? Yes, that is true. All right, Eli, you walk over to it, and your your Delta transponder reacts and downloads something from it. But otherwise, you don't seem to get any reaction from it. I take out my Delta transponder and sort of, like, hide it, like open my code and hide it so I can look like... Looks like it's going to take a while to decrypt, but it looks like movement information, fleet information for multiple great powers? Oh, this is... Uh, hmm. huh, huh, uh. The voice overhead comes on again. Ah, found the research, have we? Feel free to take that with you. It matters not to me. It's I'm pretty sure we can tell... Starts like tagging some of the stuff already, and it's like, "This is for Grawl." You you find a treasure trove of artifacts that are beamed out without incident. Eli's yeah. taken the Iconian console. Can I identify this as a guy? Like, you know, like people know about Iconians. They probably know. You're this pretty is sure. Is ever? I'm saying, can other people tell though? Uh, I'm gonna leave that up to them and how familiar any individual character thinks they are with Iconian technology. That's a not at all. Uh, I think Rick would. Well, Rick probably knows. I don't think Daniel or Setsa would, then, in that case. Charles continues just to look around, because his... He's getting that feeling that something is just really not right here. Uh, Rick will, uh, head out over to, uh... Uh, to the doctor, and... So, uh... Daniel was trying to talk a second ago. What was you saying, though? Uh, I was just saying, Daniel's just been walking through the field of Robux this whole time, maybe keeping an eye out for any that, like, stand out in particular, or look like they're, like, basically done and just need to be turned on or something. An interesting question. They actually all seem to be done, I guess, just needing some sort of activation code. As for any that stand out, not really. Any individual group is made up entirely of bots that are manufactured exactly the same way. It looks more like this was a mass production facility rather than prototypes. Alright, so Rick will head over to Dr. O'Connor and go, um, found Iconian technology in, in the Nickvin base? Eli puts away the Delta transponder very quickly when Rick walks over and uh, has it beamed out, beamed out. Yeah, it's weird. I'm going to be looking into it. Uh, just, just make sure everything is isolated when you, when you deal with that kind of technology. They're known for, um, 
quite aggressive viruses. I am aware. I studied xenobiology. I'm aware of Iconians. I also think, is that Tacon tech over there? It is indeed. I'm going to go check it out. I don't have anything specifically interesting to say about it. It looks like it's a bit of electronic equipment. It looks like they were studying circuitry. Damn, no Tacon spear. Well, Chorog is looking around. He spies something in a corner that catches his attention. What has Chorog spied? He sees what looks like some kind of odd-looking staff weapon tucked off in a corner. So he goes to investigate that. Indeed there is. In the corner there appears to be a staff of some sort covered in dust. It looks like it was on part of the research level, so presumably they were studying it, but it looks like it wasn't an active candidate at the time. Chalk picks it up. This is Iconian. I've heard about these things. What? It turns out it looks like that Chorog has found a Iconian anti-proton staff. You're going to want to keep it, aren't you? It's like you know me. I do just... We'll purge the BIOS later, make sure it doesn't have viruses in it, because, oh, Klingons put viruses in their DNA, imagine what they could put in that. God, I, I, know, I know about Iconian tech, I know enough to isolate and do a complete purge before I try to activate it. After a moment, the voice comes from overhead. Whenever you're ready, I've waited decades, I suppose a few more minutes won't hurt. Exactly, uh, we could take a couple hours to be keep up to Setsa just starts heading towards the op- like the um, elevator on the opposite area, like opposite um, side of the uh, room, and it's just like trudging along. It's just like ah, got to take care of the brother, which I now have familial obligations. Lol. <laughs> Eli quickly follows after. Wait up! Don't go alone. Every just delays a little bit longer at the Tcon. Uh, stuff before tagging it and uh, catching up with uh, Sitzer and uh, Connor. At the end of the hallway, there's a ding, but the elevator doors don't open. The voice just kind of groans. Uh, give me a moment. Back across the floor, That's... one of the security drones just suddenly kind of stands up and sort of unfolds and starts walking down the hallway. It, ignoring the group, walks over to the elevator and rips open the door and then just kind of shuts down. See, this is why I'm taking the stairs. It's fine, the voice says. I had maintenance. Take care of it. Uh, Let's see if there's any bits that Setsa can, uh, that she can clean up with her chainsaw. I Setsa can chainsaw off some bits, <laughs> just as just as a little reward. Setsa can have a chainsaw as a treat. As a treat. As a treat. Rick will try and do uh, just a basic diagnostic scan, just to... Just of the door, the robot, or uh, what? of the elevator, just to make sure that um, that everything that it, that he can detect is it's not going to you know like drop. Yeah. Well, I mean, go ahead and give me you know. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Let's go ahead and just have a reason engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like that door was rusted shut. Also, that elevator's a complete death trap. The second you stand in it, it's going to explode. Oh, uh, perhaps better not this time. Um, See? This is why we take the stairs. Yeah, um, just, this is not safe. Well, let's make sure it isn't an option. Eli kicks the downed uh, robot body into the turbo lift. You hurt your foot. 
and the robot doesn't move. Here, let me do it. <laughs> Fitness security. Uh, well, how come he... Uh, Eli isn't a frail boy, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. Look, I'll be honest. This is another one of those trying to move the 14-foot tall door things. I don't think that there's a successful option. Yeah, but I want to try. <laughs> <laughs> Unsuccessful complication again. Charog charges into the robot and shoulder checks it. He manages to knock the robot over and just hurts himself and takes two stress. Uh, I'm going to feel that in the morning. <laughs> it should be noted the robot still is not in the turbo lift. Okay, I've had enough of this damn thing. Charles pulls a demo charge, sticks a demo charge in it. Fire in the hole! Wait, what? <laughs> okay, what is he demo charging? The robot or the, the elevator? Oh, he put it right on the robot. That robot's going to move whether it wants to or not. Okay. Everybody has to run for cover as the robot explodes in a shower of shrapnel. Okay, so fitness, security? Yeah, let's do fitness, security. Daniel Everybody. Having, uh, Daniel having been okay. fiddling with a robot in a far corner of the room back there. Okay, not Daniel. Explosion. Da Daniel is fine. Rick dodges. Stetsa dodges. Eli dodges. Choron dodges. Everybody dodges. Well, actually, Waitley, we didn't get one for. Oh, what am I rolling? Uh, fitness security. You're dodging shrapnel <laughs> from an exploding robot. I just love the scene of Waitley, like, like, lunging from an explosion. <laughs> I think, it, I think it sounds about right. Waitley was lost in his own mind, considering psychology, and Chorog just decided to blow something up. Eli tried to stop him. Oh. One success. Waitley has a moment of confusion when he sees the light on the charge, and then dives for cover as the robot explodes. Sunset <laughs> just, like, looks over to Waitley, and it's just like, this is the strangest scene she's ever seen of actually him, like, having to do this, like, big dramatic move. Like, he's not, like, standing composed. <laughs> it, it, it's like... It, it, she's just, like, flabbergasted. Like, did that happen? <sighs> Robot problem solved. Eli stands up, sighing. The voice Chora. comes from overhead. Excuse me. Excuse me. Could we not destroy the facility while I am still in it? Wait, yeah, we, I'm uh, literally just about to have a talk with him about that. Give me, give me five seconds. Waitley gets up, brushing himself off. Was that really absolutely necessary? Yes. No, no, it wasn't. I, I, I'm with you. Let's not use explosives while people are nearby. This is definitely going in my report. I'm. It, no, this. It's not good. No, no, no. Hey, you could no move it. I could move that. it. I made it move. We didn't need to make it move. I was just trying to be dramatic. We didn't need to move it. Well, it's moved. It Yes, it moved all over the fucking floor. <laughs> well, it looks like Daniel is still busy fiddling with uh, ranks and files of robots. Is the rest of the group going to, guess, go down the stairs to the next level? Daniels, you commented... <laughs> or Daniel, not Daniels. Uh... Sure, I couldn't get it. I I couldn't turn any of them on by now. I probably won't that any anytime soon. Da uh, Daniel picks his pizzas back up from the arms of a robot that he'd positioned to hold them, uh, and follows the the group. The voice comes from overhead. I suppose I could activate them if you wanted, but I thought that might uh, cause panic. Target practice. Right now. Everyone be good, or you you won't get pizza. What? Why did we bring the pizzas? My biggest question. 
Yeah, why is there pizza? Let's just say I'm looking forward to that as well after you get me out of here. Listen, Checkers, me and Checkers made a lot of pizza, and it just felt like a waste to not take some of it with me. Oh god, he's on drugs. Alright, come on, let's just... Checkers, me, and Checkers. Drug machine said, can we we go rescue the the voice in the ceiling already? Yeah. Fitz is already, like, like, she's already, like, gone down... Like, basically slid down the um, ladder uh, to the next level or gone down the stairs. Eli's following. The next level looks like it's far more secure than the previous level. It looks like here there's a winding hallway surrounded by labs across various different sides. Sets a peeks in at the labs. Uh, Most of the labs, it looks like, have what could only be described as an operating table, usually with a robotic body on it in some... uh, various state of disarray or disassembly. It looks like also another lab was working on positronic brains. Another lab, it looked like, is basically a memory facility with vast storage banks. Wait, positronic brains? I think I might want to take a scan of that. Yes! Quite the facility, isn't it? All for one dedicated project, which produced two candidates. And from them, one was selected even though, by all objective measures, I was the superior candidate. All right, calm down, Liquid. Uh, so... At this point, I will also say, Waitley, you realize you've made a mistake. This voice doesn't like Setsa. It despises her. Waitley, uh... Waitley gets uh, an interesting look of realization on his face, and he looks over to Setsa. He appears to be debating if he should say anything. He's uh, he's going to try something. Sure, what's he going to try? So he's still not detecting any uh, organic mental signatures, correct? Correct, other than uh, what's basically, you know, you've seen of the crew. Yeah. He's going to pull up his tricorder and, and, and kind of cross-evaluate with everything that they've gathered about this place. He's going to try to kind of get a mental image of where this guy is saying he is. And he's going to try to determine if there's anything there that might be blocking his ability to read. Okay. Give me an insight science. Insight science would be... Uh, One success. It's easy enough to locate where the person is. You can tell that in the middle of the lab floor, there's one lab that is particularly heavily shielded and closed off. What you can't tell is if that shielding should be affecting you or not. Mm Mm-hmm. So Waitley has experimented with what would otherwise be called astral projection before. But of course it's very dependent upon other people being around to to perceive or him to perceive through. He's going to attempt to do that there. Interesting. Let's go ahead and give this... We'll say a presence and science or medical, whichever is better for you. Ah, uh, they're the same. Okay, well, it doesn't matter then. Fourteen. Ma, big money, no whammies. One success. You are able to astrally project yourself and look into the room. 
Uh, your sight is not quite as sharp as it normally would be, but you can tell that the room is made up of at least two different cells. There's a signal coming from one cell, and the cell for the other one looks like it holds some kind of body. And beyond that, it's just an area between them. He's going to try to get as much observation and information about the body as he can. You can't really tell much. You can tell that there's, for lack of a better word, a sort of armature there that should be holding up a body. But everything is very fuzzy. You haven't quite managed to do the sort of projection you might really have wanted. Yeah. So the fact he's able to do it at all implies that there is a living brain there that he is perceiving through. Is he able to kind of get an idea of what he is perceiving through? Uh, he cannot tell exactly. I mean, with two successes, you'd have been able to learn pretty much anything you wanted. But with one yeah. success, you've got the layout of the rooms and you have the location and what you think is going on. But there's just not enough visual fidelity or spiritual fidelity, perhaps, to determine everything you want to know. Can can he sense what it is that's blocking his his mind? Uh, just the material of the cells. It's extremely thick and made of some very strange alloys. Okay. Is he able to return back to his body? <laughs> oh yes, I'm not going to make you do a roll okay. for that. I I read the chat. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't think of that. <laughs> it would have been funny. I will say, however, oh. that everybody has noticed that Waitley has just kind of closed his eyes and been standing there for a minute. You think he's zoning out? <clears throat> Setsu is uh, working at trying to download data um, from the uh, data repositories that she's found. Uh, the data repositories feature vast amounts of data on the Pantheon, as well as a great deal of conjecture on where various members may be located. She takes great interest in this. Is like, okay, I'm downloading this, I'm downloading this, I'm downloading this, 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 making backups of this, and sending it all to Graves. It seems quite obvious that this facility probably had a hand in creating Setsa, at least for a particular part of the project that, that she was working on. Meanwhile, Chorog has been doing some light surface scans of the positronic brains that they found in the one workroom. Uh, all except for one brain are completely blank. The one that is remaining basically just kind of looks like it was in the process of being programmed, and it's sort of half full and functional, but not quite. Hmm. As Trogan's uh, recording the data that he's been collecting. Uh, that's maybe that's a, well, um, Satsa will try to recover that brain. Okay, you pick it up. At this point, Apathy, who most of you had forgotten, actually, was following you at this point, just kind of stares around and says, You know, this place feels familiar somehow. Oh, no. What do you mean, Apathy? I feel as though I've been here before. <sighs> it, like, Satsa just starts staring at him. Apathy just kind of turns and stares at her after a moment. What? You were here before, possibly. I think so. Can we try to access um, your... Have you tried accessing your memory bank to see what kind of information you have? You could attempt to do so. However, my memory circuits are in a bit of a fragile state, given the amount of tinkering that has been done with them over the years. <laughs> it sets a size and says... It sets a size and says... Let's... Let's not try to give apathy brain surgery while we're down here. Save it for another time. Alright, there's just something very unsettling going on here, and I can't put my finger on it. 
Well, chances are the Ikven made me here, or a bit of me here, and may have had Conclave help to do it. So either using Apathy as a template or actually consulting with him. Would that also make Apathy your brother as well? Sister! Apathy suddenly picks up Setsa and hugs her. <laughs> Setsa is just like, she, 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 she's not in the mood right now. Or for hugs, would it be although she, she, eventually, she, she eventually sort of gives in and just, like, just stops wriggling. Apathy lets her go after a bit. Or perhaps cousin. Let's go with cousin. You should go bowling. We can go bowling later. Not right now, goddamn. Let's get bowling. The sooner we get to this fourth level and find out what's going on here, the happier I'm going to be. You're actually on the fourth level. The level that was labeled as cybernetics research. The facility has one more level, but you've been told that you don't need to bother with that. Anyway, I guess everyone is going to make their way to the shielded lab. Um, I say we check the fifth floor first. Yeah, yeah. so you have the shielded lab. Do you have an obvious way down, or is it only... The shielded lab is our path. Uh, you could go past the shielded lab. Uh, there's presumably another elevator and, you know, stairway across the area. Setsa will kind of go over to the shielded lab and say, okay, All right, if I go down, then Dearest Brother will probably get a little bit annoyed. Maybe, like, trying to block us. So if I stay up here and... All of a sudden, the voice comes on, and there is just a little tinge of panic. I really wouldn't recommend going down there. You're, we're um, going down there now. Well, hold on, hold on. Why? Just just tell us why. That was the bio-research area. Things have gotten a little out of control since the facility was closed down. Okay, that makes me want to go down there even more. Well, no, 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 no. We're not releasing monsters. By opening the area, you may let out whatever is in there. Now, I'm not worried about something big like some sort of snarling beast. On the other hand, there could be microbes, viruses, all sorts of things that would be likely to kill you and perhaps in varying stages of quickliness. Oh, yeah, no, myself, then. No, I mean, I could, no, no, no. I, I could chuck a couple of bombs in there. Again, Setsa that, that like, doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah, so, like, Setsa is fiercely raising it, like, waving her hands, and then John at this point is also going to be saying... According to Starfleet Regulation 64273, we, we, we know open biohazard. No biohazard. At the very least, it. please let me out of here before you go and kill yourselves. No biohazard. Oh, oh right. uh, Ken, is there any chance that Rick would be able to access any of the sensors on the fifth level? What about, ca what about cameras? You got any kind of surveillance down there? <laughs> sure. And actually, the voice says... Fine, fine. If it'll assuage your curiosity, go to the next lab down. I'll hook up the console to the security systems. Sounds good. Trog makes his way to the next room. Uh, yeah, Rick leading away. Alright, Hal, turn All right, Hal, turn this thing on. Oh, you haven't seen Willy Wonka, but you've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Y'all know of Hal, the mighty computer. Uh, in any event, the console is already on, and it looks like there's several different camera feeds, and you can probably also adjust the sensors, change cameras, and other things. Uh, from what you can see through the monitors, downstairs looks like a god-awful mess. Uh, one of the cameras can't even get, you know, a clear picture. It looks like some sort of biofilm is now covering the lens. Uh, another one shows a room which seems to be just seeping blood from the walls. Another one features large fungus that seem to be growing 
out of a grate in the floor, and the entire room is full of spores. Okay, we shouldn't show that to John. Yeah, he's, I think this right is here. a this is this is a, a nuke from war, but kind of a situation. Once we get everyone out of here. Oh yeah, this is definitely a vomit type situation. If it's real. Oh no, guys! Okay, uh, seriously, seriously, no. O'Connor, give me an insight medical. Any focuses apply here? Uh, I don't know, xenobiology, anything like that. I got xenobiology, alright. Oh god. Oh! I wish to re-roll. With we don't have momentum. any momentum! No, we don't! You guys have been rolling so steadily tonight! Denied! Denied anyway, because this is funny. <laughs> Eli, it's not funny for me. You're absolutely convinced. This is bullshit. That's not what's down there. This is a fake camera feed. Yeah, I was believing that anyway. Uh, if you want to go in there, be my guest. Alright. I don't want Eli to die again. I am not opening that door. If yeah. you want to go down there, do it after you let me out. That seems like the kind of thing that, you know, you hide. Like, uh, yeah, no, let me out and don't see all the sketchy stuff down here that you're going to regret seeing after you free me. Because that's what happens in these situations. Well, I mean, we, we, we don't have to complete the... We can free him from this place, but we can still... Like, we can send Oakley first, just Eli, please, to, like, this could be bad. We, we, we do have... We can, we can transport Oakley down there. That's not, that's not being blocked. We can get Oakley to get sense of readings directly unfettered from any kind of interference. The voice comes on. Yes, fine, do that. Just don't open the door. Uh, Apathy also looks around. You could beam me down if you wanted. Are you outfitted with bioscanners? Maybe. You're saying something, Daniel? Daniel just kind of walks over to the door and scans it with his like, with his scanner of unknown origin. Uh, is this the door down to the fifth level? Yeah, he's scanning to see like what is on the other side of this door. If he can, like, ed- pick it up at all. Uh, give me an insight science. It, it's the DM problem of, I mean, you show the players the gates of hell, and they're going to try to open it anyway. <laughs> I mean, what you guys do is up to you, but I could definitely tell you the voice doesn't want you to do that. It's well, obviously DX. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you scan beyond the door, and you can tell a few things. One, this door does not have a manual override. And two, beyond that door, the air is just full of particulate. And it's also warm and humid down there. Uncomfortably so. Probably about uh, 40, 42 degrees Celsius. And just humidity near 100%. Uh, would a focus in metalworking help sense with, like, you know, knowing, like, how to, like, kind of ignore the... Like, kind of, like, scan past the metal of the door? Yeah, sure. I've given you two bits of information, but I'll go ahead and let you ask one more question if you want. Uh, is there anything moving? Like, that isn't a particulate in the air? Not in the scanning area you can see, but there's definitely a lot of particulate in the air, which, considering the amount of stale air throughout the rest of the facility, is a little concerning. Uh, Daniel just kind of, like, kind of glances over his shoulder. You guys just kind of see him, like, kind of look back a little bit, uh, still mostly facing the door, just kind of shout back, uh, yeah, uh, 
I think maybe we should not open this. Wait, if that's a bio area, shouldn't there be like bio sensors we could try to hack into to see what we get information we can get? Everything I have has been wired into that console. Feel free to test the different scanners as you wish. Trog has a focus in information hacking. Okay, uh, what questions would you like to ask, basically? You have access to pretty much the sensors and cameras for that floor. Although, Eli is convinced that it's all fake. I want to try to find the composition of the particulates in the air. What is uh, it exactly? Organic materials. Uh, looks like, in some cases, extremely large microbes. Single-celled organisms. Uh, in other cases, it looks like it's cast-off bits of other life forms. Uh, the makeups are varied. And it looks like they're just kind of being blown around on some sort of internal air movement throughout the floor. There's got to be something driving the air in there. You know, if it's stale air and there's no there's no kind of fans or anything moving, it wouldn't be moving around that much. There's something pushing the air around in there. I will go ahead and say that I'm not sure I would have enough to make this a three-parter, but if you guys want to call it here, we can do that. Wait a minute, okay, hold, um, hold. as... Hold on, uh, guys, out of character. Yeah, Rick did say one hour, 15 minutes of recording, so do we want to take the break now? Um, and break then just kind of come back fun. to... Yeah, break, um, and then come back to what we want to do. Um, but yeah, basically putting it this way, the Doom Door seems like a lot of complication, so oh. just kind of keep that in mind. Please go through the Doom Door. For that expediency, let's have Setsa go for Kirin while some other... People are messing with the door. I'm so we've Setsa. got like, yeah. Drog is going to go with Setsa because he just doesn't trust Kieran at this point. Uh, so right. will Rick. All right, let's. So every anyone who's going for the door, go ahead and say now. Otherwise, I'm assuming everybody is probably going to follow Setsa towards the shielded area. Waitley is following Setsa, but he keeps glancing back at the door, like, hmm. John Drog. is staring at the door. <laughs> Trog is following Setsa. He does not trust Kieran. I was about to say, if nothing else, I'm going to have to make a new whole new episode out of the next floor. Daniel starts following <laughs> everyone, but then notices John hasn't moved. And just kind of, kind of like, looks at John for a bit. John is busy watching the camera. Spores. John? I like this channel. Hey, Daniel, let me see that scanner of yours for a second. Uh, Sure. Uh, Daniel hands the scanner over and goes to just kind of crouch down by John to kind of keep him from doing anything rash. Trog scans the uh, Daniel's special scanner and see if he can maybe boost the signal. Uh, engineering, uh, reason. And I like to use my uh, mechanical tinkering boost. Focus, rather. Go for it. Did you say it was? Uh, reason engineering. I add on the focus. Uh, I I don't know how you're typing it in. I usually just do the I'm, tab thing. So I'm using the D20 command. Slash All right. D, so slash D20. I'll, I'll okay. So I can just go ahead and do a two like D20 roll, and I'll just tell you the result from being here. You can go okay, to. It looks like actually he got it. More trouble. And I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. that unless like, what's your engineering for? My engineering is. To open an unnecessary new tab. Engineering is, yeah, four. Okay, so you get three successes. You 
don't see anything you can do to upgrade the scanner any more than it's already been. Looking at it, though, everything the scanner shows mirrors exactly what the console showed. So that would seem to indicate that whatever you're seeing through this scanner is exactly what Kieran showed you through the security console. All right, Daniel, you stay here with um, with John. Keep an eye on him. Uh, your scanner is as good as it's going to get. Just keep an eye on things because I, whatever's in there, I, there, there's just something really, really off going on here. I have to go with I have to go with uh, sets up because I just don't trust Karen at this point. Okay, sure. Uh, take one of these with you, and uh, Daniel goes to swap a pizza for the scanner. Uh, um. Okay. Sherlock has the pizza. Trust me, it's great for easing tension in social settings. Okay, usually I go for Venom, but okay. Daniel just kind of stays with John, watching TV and opening the other pizza box with with him. Sherlock catches up to uh, Rick and Setsa and company. All right, they come to a large shielded door. Uh, unlike the other doors, this one specifically has an interface that looks like for our biometric scan, a palm scan. Well, Setsa, he seems to. Think that you're part of this. Try scan. Try using your hand to scan this. Yeah, yeah. You're in. Okay. Hope you're decent. Yes. And uh, she does the palm scan. Chalk uh, draws a pistol to, as he gets ready to enter the room. After a moment, uh, there's basically a voice overhead. This time, not Kieran's. Just a computer voice that says, "DNA and subject scan authenticated. Subject beta one." opening containment door. Yeah, okay, I don't like that. And the door slides open, which just reveals another very small hallway with two doors uh, on each side, facing each other. Uh, there are windows into both of them. Eli's got his rifle ready. Bob's got his pistol out and ready. Kieran, are you on the left or the right? Uh, the voice sounds a little, uh, sheepish. Technically speaking, I'm in the left, and I would like to be in the right. Hmm. Well, let's check out the right first. We're going there first. Gonna go to the right door? Yeah, we'll, we'll look in. There's a window. Let's look in first. Alright, you look in through the window. It looks like there's an armature stand in there. It's empty. What do you think it is? I don't know. I'm kind of leery about going in there. Who knows what's hiding in there? Well, it looks like the stands you've seen holding robot bodies before, except that this one is empty. There's nothing in it. You gotta go in there and scan it, see what it's uh see what it tells us. The voice comes from overhead. Ah yes, that room should contain my body. Although I admit I can't scan directly into it. Why should it contain your body? What is it? Well, that was the containment area for my body, specifically. That's what the area was for. Okay. Um, well bad news, pal, yeah. there's no body in there. Obviously. What? And at that scream, several of the panels spark, and one of the overhead lights overloads. Karen, Karen, like we've got no, the other. No, 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 no. This can't be right. Karen, what the hell is going on around here? You said, well, so you said you were hey, in the hey, left, hey. but the right's empty, Raven. What? So Karen's brain is probably over on the left side, probably positronic, for it to last this long. So chances are, he was separated, but. Yeah, let's let's take a look in there, but Kieran, we've got other bodies, we can probably rig something up, so don't worry yet, we'll figure something out. 
you get the so sense, casual about it. You get the sense that Kieran's not really listening to you. He's just kind of, no, 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 this isn't right. This isn't, this isn't what it was supposed to be. Anyway, it looks like you have some free time to do something, depending on what you would like to do. Sato looks in the left. Uh, the left seems to be a room full of computer banks. Sato not. Drog turns to Wiley. Are you sensing anything? There's just something really screwy going on here. Yeah, I was waiting for an opportunity to, to, to get a thing in so I could do exactly yeah. that. So, yeah. But when all this is going on, Waitley, uh, Waitley's going to focus on the mental presence of Kieran and, and try to locate it. There isn't one. You don't detect any living life forms except for what's the people with you in the room. Waitley uh, looks over to Chorog and uh, kind of gestures down to his tricorder, and he basically sends him a text message. We need to make it so that he can't hear us. Chorog looks at his um, wrist scanner, quickly turns, looks over his shoulder, Waitley, and nods, and sends a message to Rick, uh, reflecting that message. Um, I mean, we don't really have earbuds, do we? No, but if what's going on overhead is any indication, Kieran is definitely not paying attention to you anymore. He, yeah. He's just kind of going on. No, 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 it wasn't supposed to be like this. I can't, I can't be trapped here. Not anymore. And, and uh, Rick, Rick will, will just, we should be able to be fine. We should be fine with messages for now. Waitley simply types, he's not alive anymore. Sets so uh, at that point just uh, says, "Well, judging from me, like he's just going off this electronic brain. Then he's as alive as he ever was, because that's kind of the core. So uh, I'm gonna call Graves real quick. Meanwhile, Apathy's just staring into the right room with the empty armature stand. Set. Oh, Setsa turns to Apathy. He's just staring in there. He's." She, she calls out to Kieran. Uh, Kieran is busy having a meltdown. Rick to your... Wait, mm-hmm. did he go AFK? Oh, okay. Um, you got those pattern enhancers? Uh, yeah. Uh, they're strapped to his back. I might have an idea. Just to see if we could see something. Um, set them up in that right room there. Maybe we could run some forensic scans. Try to recreate, like, if there should be a body here. We should know if it was just disintegrated or carried off or what. Okay, so to open that door, Setsa will need to scan her palm against the door, but she can open the right room. So Setsa also tries to judge whether the armature is set for Apathy's dimensions. It is not. Okay. Apathy is tall and thin, and whatever this was, was maybe as tall as Apathy, but definitely was not thin. Uh, uh, so while Rick, um, is setting up the pattern enhancers for, like, a, a forensic kind of sweep, um, he, uh, looks at it and sees if he can remember the size of the, like, the, 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 um, um, of, of the, cre- of the, um, corpses, quote-unquote, that we saw earlier in, um, the half-disassembled robots, I think you mean. Yeah. Uh, they were roughly Ebby-sized. I mean, standard humanoid size. Does, does it sort of fit with the size of, of the armature? Uh, the armature looks like it was built for something slightly bigger than that. And suddenly, Apathy just goes, Oh, Epitaph. What do you mean, Epitaph? 
That's where it is. Epitaph. Oh, where is Epitaph? Oh, that's the Conclave homeworld. Is the body currently operational? Probably. I remember now. Five years ago, I came here to take it away. Uh, You what? Why were you here to take it away? It was stolen technology. Was it Conclave technology, or whose technology? Oh no, this was something the Conclave found. It was a cybernetic body designed to hold an organic consciousness. Quite advanced. Of course, we couldn't let the Ikvin keep it. Alright, so, we've got a problem here. The person whose body that was needs it back. Or, and, like, if it's not on this world, we, we need to build him, or get him something, that will allow him to not be in that terminal. We could pack up the forensic scanners now, by the way. Yeah, uh, Rick here yeah. just got them set up and was about to start to 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 link his pad in to it start to figure them. Just to, it would have been funny to just like turn them on and then recreate the scene and just see Apathy dragging away the body. <laughs> that would have been funny reveal, but damn. Actually, if you want to go ahead and do that and keep setting it up to see what happened, you can go ahead and do that. All right, yeah, let's let's give it a shot. While they're working uh, on that, Waitley has an idea. What is Waitley's idea? Waitley's going to channel his inner Borg, a side of himself that he hasn't really used in quite a long time. He's going to see if he can call upon his access to that to try to connect to the uh, the energies of the positronic brain. Interesting. I like where this is going. Uh, give me a second to figure out this role. This role would be... Uh, let's do... Control medicine. Let's see, so that would be. Do, 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 do. Are we talking like physically connecting to it? Because draw can blend. Uh... No, mentally. Okay. Because uh, I think this was before you joined the game. Waitley tried to telepathically overpower some Borg a long time ago, and he crit failed, and in the process got telepathically assimilated. And ever since, he's had a, a weird connection to the Borg. Not to mention the specific nanites that Dr. Three gave him, so he's yeah. technically actually a Borg. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of manifested in this, because of the way it happened, he basically has telepathic nanites. He's trying to use those to access the... Uh, the positronic brain of, of, of Kieran. Uh, this shit. is great. So, in explaining that, I forgot my number. Uh, uh, control medicine. Okay, so it's like, there's no chance of Waitley going full on board here, is there? Oh, no, oh, there's always there is. a chance. That's why he doesn't use it. I mean, that was why he kind of, he tried to go full on board after the fact, even. Uh-huh. Oh, intentionally, even, at one point. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. He is going to use one of his values. For, for determination, uh, knowledge is power. He wants to know if he can do this. He wants this oh, yeah. kind of power. I'll give it to you. I'm just going to call an extra dice. Just roll me 3d20 for con medicine. Uh, I forget how to roll an extra die. Uh, you could also take it as an automatic crit success. Okay, oh. so you've got, one, oh. you've got two successes, okay. and then you can just go ahead and roll two dice. Okay, I, I, will, I will take the automatic crit success, then. I'll be honest, that's all you need. Okay, And I both. got another uh, success. It takes a moment for you to center yourself and to reach out. 
And suddenly there it is. Another mind in the facility. And this one is in full panic. Hello, Karen. Pleasure to meet you. I would... Who? Who? What? Relax. What are you? I am Chaplain Victor Wheatley, and I am your friend. Somehow I find myself suspicious of this statement. Good. That shows you're not in total lack of control yet. And for everybody else, all of a sudden Kieran's voice isn't overhead freaking out anymore. Setsa is... Uh, while this is happening, Setsa is having a artificial body that they've recovered beamed back down from Reliant to their, um, their location. One of the Ibby-sized ones. The most functional one they have. Okay. You have a body. Setsa points to, uh, takes a, uh, gestures to body, points to armature. Do uh, anyone who is paying attention to them. Okay, so you need this mechanical body put up in that armature. Let's get this done. Uh, oh. we, should, we should just run some diagnostics just to make sure that this will work as intended. Good idea. Make sure this body yeah. is completely functional. That's a good idea. Setsa nods. But yeah, and Setsa will also activate her own con- uh, remote control implant that, um, well, tried to take over a planet once. And she will use that to try calibrating the body and making sure everything's good with it. She is in, like, I, I am helping Karen. Okay, go ahead and get, get me an insight engineering from Rick Tier. And, uh, Chaplain Waitley, if you want to continue talking with Karen, you're free to do so. So, Waitley is uh, going to try to ascertain exactly what Kieran's intentions with uh, Setsa are. Uh, you basically end up more or less asking him that, and he's very simple in what he says. I have no intentions with her. That much is clear. All I needed was her help to exit the facility. But now that there's no body... And uh, also, Rick, you realize that if you tried to download what is probably Kieran's mind into this armature, this this body that you have recovered, it would result in brain death. This yeah. body could not hold it. Uh, I've got experimental tech focus, so that probably would make that two successes if that changes anything. And Trog has mechanical tinkering. Well, you both realize that. Setsa's yet to assist. Okay, Ivan. The, I was about to say, anybody at this point doing it, I'm going to go ahead and just say that you're all going to find out the same thing. If you tried to download the brain into this thing, it would result in brain death. You're also realizing that what you saw through the left door is not just a positronic brain on a stand, but rather racks and racks of computers. And we'll go back now to Kieran and Waitley. Do we think we can... Oh, sorry. Go. So Waitley is going to try to figure out exactly what Kieran wants once he's released. Uh, go ahead and give me an, an insight medical roll. I believe that would be a 15. Yep. And, uh, let me double check something. Yeah, no worries. Nope. Okay, never mind. Uh, would, this would fall under uh, psychology or counseling. Oh, yeah. So a focus applies. Two successes. You get the sense that Kieran doesn't have any goals. He literally hasn't thought past anything but getting out of this facility. And he's probably been focused on that thought ever since this facility was closed. You get the feeling that this is some massive, massive trauma he's sitting on. That's literally all he wants is just to get out. Oh, yes. Okay. Wait, we can work with this. Waitley uh, says, give me a second. I'm going to consult with my 
with my crew to determine how far along we are on getting you out. And he uh, he kind of pauses his connection with Kieran and opens his eyes. They're probably all borgified and says, what exactly is going on? Where are we? I have made connection with him. You, you, you've what? I'm speaking with him. H- how? He's electronic. So am I. You are? A you... little flashback happens to Eli O'Connor, and it just has, you know, the Borg cube and just Waitley being grabbed and injected. Oh, yeah, that's right, you are. Jesus Christ. Oh. So, if it's any uh, consolation to anyone, he does not pose a threat to anyone. He simply wants his freedom. I'm going to uh, go check on those positronic brains we saw before. Yeah, the problem is if we try to put the current positronic brain into his body... He's not going to last two seconds. I'm aware. That's why I'm looking at the actual positronic brains and not the data banks that he's in. Uh, We need to find one that's going to be able to hold everything. Well, I'll see what I could do. uh, That's a raise of a hand. Yes? Well, if he's in the the data banks, then it may not be compatible with a positronic brain, but maybe a more conventional type of computer processing unit might work. What about a mobile emitter? The the question here is about storage. Uh, if there is enough space uh, and power to give me an in, give me an inside engineering, Rick. Do that, but let me see if I can. Yeah, uh, that could work because when you're dealing with a photonic network, it basically could take you know arbitrary complexity. It could recreate an entire organic brain if it wanted to, simply through light channels. Um, you see, see, like Rick, sorry, raises like claw up to his face and and just sort of like sort of like going through everything in his mind and the mat- photonic matrix is essentially what Kieran is right now. It's not the same format, but. There is the power, there is the storage capability. All right. All right, so let's definitely do that, because I am absolutely not leaving here and here. All right, so let's set this up to transfer here and here over to, this, to a mobile emitter. All right. You guys are going to need Waitley's help for this. Waitley has a stroke of genius. Oh? Uh, listening to all this and processing what they're talking about, Waitley gets an idea. He's not going to tell anyone necessarily what his idea is. He just wants to make sure that his idea can work. Waitley is basically thinking of using his own brain and his own physical makeup as a conduit between the databanks and the hollow emitter, basically as a way to create a backup of Kieran within himself. Oh, so as the data goes by, you're going to create a copy and keep it. Essentially. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think... That sounds like evil villain stuff. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, that is an interesting it. idea. And, of oh, course, do Waitley does not tell anyone this. Oh, no. Absolutely no, not. No, no, no. Don't be mean to <laughs> <laughs> Right, so you have the mobile emitter... Uh, looks like everything is more or less ready. Waitley has access to all the channels and controls. Rick has the engineering knowledge. 
if I could get a yeah. Also, also one other thing. Yeah, just with Eli's experience, he should be able to assist as well. I mean, just because we yeah, are dealing with he's also a cybernetic cybernetics. Yeah, Charles should be able yeah, to assist so. as well. Well, there's and a limit to how many dice assist. we can get rolling here. So let's go ahead and have uh, 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 Waitley use control medicine, and he can be assisted by uh, the doctor. So before we do anything, Waitley is going to explain everything to Kieran, except for, you know, that little tidbit about what he's going to do. Of course. Kieran immediately agrees anything to get himself out of here. Agreed. So he, he tells everyone that Kieran has agreed and is eager to uh, enact this plan. You said control medicine? Control medicine, and Eli can assist. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at focuses. So I'm seeing counseling, psychology. I'm going to say your psychology will work here. You're basically... Or en encyclopedic is a focus. Ba basically, he has a focus that it, his, his mind devours everything. And oh, boy. And this seems like it would apply. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so either way, he's got a focus that applies to this. I was about to say, that's a scary focus, but yes. <laughs> Charles gonna... Oh, God damn it. Grumpy gets two successes and a complication. Eli, are you assisting? I am assisting. Can I DM you what I think the complication could do? No, because I already know. Okay, I just had a suggestion. And Trog is monitoring the, the computer banks to make sure the transfer goes smoothly. And uh, Rick's monitoring the... Um... So, what's the... Just control medicine, one die. Rick's monitoring the photonic emitter itself. Alright, I can begin the transfer whenever you're ready. Alright, so... Uh, pulling Kieran's consciousness from the computer is relatively easy. Uh, the two pass it along and into the holographic emitter. Along the way... Waitley makes a small diversionary copy of most of Kieran's core personality and memories. But this is not known to the others. Now to make sure that the hollow emitter can handle everything that's been channeled into it. Rick, if you would give me a control engineering and Chorog, you can assist. Alright. Uh, can I... Uh, I will use uh, my value... Um... um uh, my duty to others is my duty my, to myself, so we're sort of like, this is a family thing, and, you know, Rick's sort of, uh -huh. like, leaning into that whole family thing to, in, to, uh, to, um, inspire, uh, to, you know, determ build determination and get a crit folk, uh, crit success on this. Alright, so basically, you, when you roll, we're just looking to see if you make any complications, really. And Charles is going to use his value. I like to use my hands because Charles likes to mechanically well, tinker with things. Uh, you already so got you... one success on one die, which is all you could really do is with an aid. So, yeah, between the guys, you have no trouble funneling everything into the hollow emitter. And after a few moments, the emitter floats up, and a form starts to coalesce out of photons, and it reveals what would appear to be an Ibby male, slightly older than Setsa. <laughs> with brown hair and brown eyes, very nondescript-looking, almost as if somebody who had probably never seen themselves in a mirror trying to describe themselves. And he just kind of looks around and looks down at his hands and says, Finally. 
Yeah, hold on there. Before we restart moving, let's make sure everything is, uh, the transfer went smoother to make sure everything's been uh, processed correctly. Okay. The, yeah, wow. the photonic emitter is, is acting within parameters. It seems you're fully here, Kieran. Excellent. Chug is like, this movie gets, uh, Movie is one finger watching it, make sure the eyes are moving correctly, and you know, that kind of thing to make sure everything's been fully processed and connected. Kieran watches, but also points at Chirag and says, "Does he do this a lot?" Hey, I'm just making sure that the process went smoothly. And seeing as you've been out of a body for a while, you look like you're hungry. I'd like some pizza. Yes, please. I don't think I've ever eaten anything. Here, Chirag, hand him the box of pizza. Here, go to town. You. Look like you're starving. Kieran basically d- dives into the pizza. At this point, out of the corner of his eye, Waitley can now see that the computer banks in the left room. All the lights are off. All the power is off. And if you like, I got something to wash it down with. Waitley nods, and he uh, he tries to make contact with the inner Kieran that he has uh, isolated, compartmentalized. You can't seem to get in contact with it just yet. Hmm. Anyway, I think we're about good, I think, to call it here. I think, though, that we've definitely got more than enough to do part three. The only question is what the crew wants to do now. Go look for Kieran's original body? Explore the Doom Door? Try to convince Admiral Quinn to go back on vacation and forget this ever happened? (laughs) Is everybody good? Is there anything else that anybody really wants to get, you know, done right now? Um, don't forget, we have Reliant at StarbaseUGC.com as an email. Send us your things. Yes, that. But also, does anybody have a scene they want to do? Uh, yeah, that's us just being very careful, Karen. I guess if we want to if we want to end on a cliffhanger, I could have a little bit where, like, uh, where Daniel, like, gets up and turns around, just like, what are they doing over there? And meanwhile, while Daniel is looking the other way, John starts to slowly amble towards the doors. You know what? Let's go for that. I like that. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. This has been an excellent session. I'd like to thank everybody. Uh, You know, just thank everybody so much. Uh, uh, Nick, Baz, Marcus, uh, Nord, Daniel, Chorog, everybody. Just everybody, thank you so much for this, because this is... This has gone interesting places, although I do love how how wonderfully paranoid you are. But yes, if you would like to send us mail, uh, reliant at starbaseugc.com. Uh, we'll be back with you in two weeks. But for now, it appears that one of the main objectives has been completed. Poor Kieran is not locked in a cell.